Welcome, listeners, to your continuation of Hell Has a Prison Act 3 by Red Nova Tyrant. Before we begin this story, it is not for little ears. And as I'm releasing this on Monday, some of you might be diving straight in. So I'd like to remind everyone that it's an adult-themed story. So please keep the little kitties away. Now, a brief recap. Our main character, Hella, succumbed to a sexual itch that saw her sleeping with many a man. With the initial intentions of helping her friend pay for a new car through the physical services she provided to men. Unfortunately, she meets a client that feels he's saving her from a life of sin and depravity by killing her. Yeesh. She is sent to hell, rightly or wrongly, for her actions to only arrive and find she's somehow different, taken away and tortured to make her into what she must become. A champion from hell. A creature of death. A came beyond. Listeners, a huge thank you for listening to this episode, and I must thank those that support me, my white tea warlords. Matthew J. Bauer, the hellish creature king. Maya, the bringer of agony. Divided by zero, the creature of torment. I own cows, the hell bovine and cow king himself. And Lee Bauer, the unstoppable devourer. Each of you hold a special place in this tale-teller's heart, and for that I'm grateful. Thank you so much for your support. It really puts a smile on my face every day. Thanks. And my Grain forces, Chad Warren, Just Heather, Lorraine Grisanto, Mace Joe, Paige Marcini, Peter Raffelli, Michelangelo Yocone, and Robert Fisher. Thank you all for your support. Now turn off the lights, turn up the sound, and get ready to make a deal. Act 3 My mind was brought back to consciousness the day the shadows stopped striking. It was growing close to another reset. I was sitting limply in my realm of torment, constantly under the onslaught of what creatures resided in here. They clawed and stabbed at me, but my body had grown used to the scratches they made. They healed over more quickly, meaning the resets had become more common than before. But it stopped. At first they were just slowing down, but soon, one by one, each of the shadows came to a standstill. I could feel their presence like breath on the back of my neck, sending shivers down my spine and goosebumps across what skin I had left. Then they took off, either sprinting away and leaving a small gust of wind in their place, or fading back into the floor of my chamber. This was not normal. Typically, they'd beat me down until my body was wet with blood, but they'd only left a few marks. The room had stopped shifting as well. I swallowed and pointlessly looked around in the darkness, trying to see what had made them leave. As I sat there, I could hear something. A whisper. The language of the angels. The rapid shifting of tongues, flipping through multiple dialects in milliseconds. But something about this voice was off. 
frighteningly deep and gravelly, before shifting to a tone more befitting of the language it spoke in the moment. The voice grew louder and louder, and I spun around on the spot, trying to figure out where it was coming from. I soon discerned its origin from within my own head. My heart was pounding hard within my chest, beating violently against the ribcage. Be not afraid, child. I have chased the shadows away. The millions of voices had stopped abruptly, leading to this voice of a young man, professional and kind, with a hint of malice. It seemed to be trying to cover up an echo of menace that followed every word it spoke. I looked upwards, expecting to see a fallen one hovering above me. But there was only more pitch black. Hello? I whispered to the dark. Yes. Hello, child. Who's there? Who are you? Show yourself. Hush now. There's no way to treat your savior. Now please, settle down. There is much to speak of, much for you to learn of, and I have little patience for meaningless quarrel. The room felt colder. I slowly huddled down, keeping my eyes up and alert, watching for anything at all that might appear. What is it I need to know? You will become my champion, Hela. Hearing someone speak my name for the first time in ages brought a tear to my eye. I could feel my heart relax slightly, taking some comfort in the stranger's words. I even laughed a bit, though this was more at the insanity of the proposition. Your champion, eh? And what do you expect me to do exactly? And how do you know my name? I know many things, Helena. Many things. Then tell me, what has happened to me? What is this place, if you're so all-knowing? I continued to whisper, for all I knew, I was finally going mad. And I didn't need the guards to suddenly hear me and give me an extra reset. Oh, you humans. If I can even call you that anymore. If I do, you will be my champion. Do we have a deal? I bit my lip, then nodded to myself. Anything was better than being alone and suffering again, even being this thing's champion. Oh, okay. Contract established. It's been a pleasure. The voice groaned, as though it was sitting into a chair to tell me a bedtime story. Now then, what do you know of Cambions? One of the angels here, fallen angels, called me that. As he should have. Good, Rakil, making your curiosity blossom. Now when you come to this realm, you saw my minions manifest from your fellow sinners and drag them away. Did you notice, Hela? that no guardian angel spawned from the backs of other sinners. Do you know why that is? I shook my head by instinct, but somehow the voice noticed this. 
You see, child, you're God. It paused for a moment here, sounding particularly agitated. Your God crafted humanity in his own image, yet he could not have his own creations grow to overthrow him. Having been born of God and angel, you would be immensely powerful. So, a portion of your soul was stripped from you, a hole in your very being. When I tempted the first ones with the fruit of knowledge, they became aware. Their blissful ignorance towards their incomplete nature was shattered, and thus they began to pursue methods of filling the void. Humanity today is no different. Booze, drugs, sex, wealth, all of these different powers, you abuse them to fix the void that he left in you. And it's always wanting more. More food, more money, more sex. It seeks to be whole, child. But as long as you follow his word, his Bible, you resist that urge and stay weaker than him. Wait a minute. I spoke out. The voice wasn't quite the same, but I thought I knew who I was speaking to, and my throat grew tight. The memories of my resets flooded my brain, and the face of the warden was burned into my consciousness. You're... you're the jailer. It laughed at me again. Oh, come now. You truly thought that I was that miserable blasphemer? Mephistopheles. <laughs> Perhaps you're too foolish to be my champion. No, no, wait, please. I got on my knees and clasped my hands together, begging to the ceiling for the devil not to go. I'm sorry, please don't go. It's so lonely in here. Very well, I forgive you, child, but never confuse me for his kind again. I fell from the heavens above, and he was spawned in this abyss. Understand? I nodded quickly, keeping silent. I didn't want to anger the only companion I would ever have in here, even if it was the Prince of Evil. And one last note. I prefer Lucifer. It sounds much more majestic than Satan. Hell. And all of those other nonsense nicknames your people have for me. Now then, where was I? Oh yes, the revolt. I did not agree with this. Such a large race of creatures being denied their true potential. Just so he could play with them as he pleased. So after shattering the illusion that blinded Adam and Eve, I called upon my brethren, and we tried to take control of the throne. We marched on God's temple 
fighting against the Foolish Angel Collective, stripping away our masks to show our true, unique selves. Unfortunately, we... <coughs> Lucifer coughed at this point, and with a disgruntled mumble he continued. It sounded as though it pained him to admit defeat. We were unable to succeed, and for that a third of his angels were tossed into the depths. I was thrown especially hard and deep down here to the darkest, coldest layer of hell. An image flashed in my mind. It was a cold blue cavern, with a floor of ice and bodies stuck within. At the center was a massive figure, as tall as a skyscraper and as wide as one too. Its wings were clipped as well, like the other angels, but they were frozen over, unable to grow any feathers. Chains hung from the stony ceiling and wrapped around every part of the creature's body. Upon its face sat a metal mask, grey and scratched, with the same wispy smoke spiralling out from the burnt-out eye holes and mouth. Blackened and rough around the edges, and surrounding the base of the beings were multiple fallen angels, bowing in worship or standing and whispering that nauseating bereavement of words. When the vision ended, I found myself gasping for air, coughing and choking to breathe. But he spoke on. Though I was without much of my power, from the second I landed, I was plotting my return to the divine realm. With time and malice, I turned the first sinful one sent here into monsters. The first demons, given some degree of power by myself, they would be my army once I broke free of this icy prison and fight on the front lines in my revolution. Until then, they would travel to Earth in an ethereal form, lingering over their former kind to drag more of them into the underworld. Now, every person on Earth has a demon on their shoulder, from birth to death. The role was risky, however. The hole in the human soul, should it become strong enough, can pull in the very demon that is clinging on and whispering temptations into their ears. It's why you've never seen one of his angels coming out of their bodies. He does not want to risk one of his precious warriors being swallowed up in your void, so they stay up in heaven. Needless to say, when this does happen with a demon, it results in your current disposition, child. The birth of a Cambion. The forbidden fusion of demon and man. There are two ways this can happen. The first is when a demon convinces a person into a form of sin so often that the human incorporates that very sin into their daily life. Until committing it becomes no hassle. I looked down in the dark towards my shaking hands. I could not see them, but I knew what was there anyway. My palm was a pale skin, 
and the other side of my sickly magenta scales stained in spots of brown. I wasn't human anymore. Only a cambion. Only a monster. It's a part of them, and so the void is filled as the demons and the man become one. And a fuser like yours is created. Also, the demons have taken to calling you. Knowing what I had become chilled me to the core, as though I could feel the space of which he spoke of pulsing within, the hole in my very being now filled by a demonic concrete. I covered my ears tightly. I was done listening. I had heard enough. These were lies. They had to be. I'm not a monster. I whispered to myself over and over again. But no amount of repetition or blocking could shut out the devil's voice. The other is something far more interesting and much more terrifying to Mephisto's kind. Sometimes a human is born with an innate malice, a cruelty towards their god, their own species, and even themselves, a desire to sin. Perhaps it comes from a void that can never be filled, but who's to say? Those who sin for the sole purpose of acting out against God spiritually consume the demon, a morbid end for any hellspawn unlucky enough to be assigned to such a human. These are the devourers, and when they arrive, well, Let's just say they are not nearly as easily contained as you are. <laughs> <laughs> the King of the Fallen Angels laughed again, this time imitating the growl I'd heard echoed throughout the prison before. The sound of the devourers. My skin crawled, trying to imagine the form a person would have to undergo to make a sound like that. Now then... If we're done talking about your needs, it's time that mine were met. Still struggling to fully come to terms with what was happening, I choked out a reply. What do you mean? You know what I mean. Becoming my champion. Unless you really are this dim-witted. In which case I'll have to find... What do I have to do? I exclaimed my voice echoing throughout the void, sweat dripping down my face. I almost lost him, even if I didn't like what was being said. It was still better than before. Good. Some time ago, Mephisto started to ignore my command. He claimed control over my realm, and being imprisoned here, there was nothing I could do. Ordering my brothers to slaughter the army I spent so long building up was out of the question and he took advantage of this the demons now obey his orders but in truth those fallen angels you've seen are still loyal to the true lord of this place there is a structure that your people have been building for years now one that truly scrapes the skies do you know of what I speak it had been so long since I'd come down here, it took a moment to recall. 
I had only heard some mentions of the elevator here and there, a large transportation tunnel that connected to a space platform, where humanity would begin the first attempts at frequent space travel. The last I'd heard was in that bar the night my demon began to merge with me, or so Lucifer claimed. There was a reason your god knocked down the Tower of Babel, a different reason from the claims of hubris he protested. The only way for a creature of hell to reach heaven is by a physical ladder. A structure of any kind will do, but as long as it goes high enough, we can erupt from the earth and race to paradise. So as you can see, it was not as punishment for excessive pride, but rather it was out of self-preservation. Mephisto believes he will invade heaven with my army. He is gravely mistaken. You will escape this prison within a prison and fly off to Earth. There, you will cling to any man of your choosing and bring that tower crashing down. Do this, and I will give you a place in my army. I swallowed <laughs> as the devil cackled inside my head and my heart sunk yet again. You want me to kill innocent people to stop an invasion of heaven? That is correct. Why? Isn't that what you want? Fool! Mephisto cares not for your kind, and should he take that throne, he will lay waste to your world. Hell on earth, as you would say, and that is putting it delicately. I merely wish to change the cruel laws that restrain your people. The word of God is out of date, in need of renewal. I seek that future, one ruled by a truly fair God. He wanted me to knock down a tower and kill thousands of innocent people. Take your own predicament, for example. You didn't lust for your own sake to start. You wish to help your friend. But lust is lost, and rules are rules to him. A sin is a sin, and you were doomed to come here, regardless of intent. Do you see? I understand, child. I see you for who you are. I couldn't respond, not right away, even after being a prisoner of Apollyon for so long. These revelations made me dizzy, spinning round and round my brain trying to continue this juggling act between the morally righteous and my own desires. I would be murdering perfectly good people who have lives to lead, but it would mean my freedom from this prison. Hello. You would be sacrificing a mere few thousand to protect literal billions, whereas Mephisto would see every last one of them burn. You sold your body to heal your friend once before, but now when you are called upon to save humanity itself, you turn your back. I had no response. No direction seemed correct, so I stayed silent at the crossroads, refusing to choose. Why me? I whispered to myself. 
Perhaps because your name reminds me of myself. Some of your people called me something similar. Lucifer chuckled once again. <laughs> Call it my Achilles heel. A gurgling in my gut began to spring up. My other half reared its ugly head, lured out by the promise of self-preservation and aiming to smooth out my sense of morality. I could be free. I could escape this hellhole. Just knock down the tower and that's it. Besides, I had no idea how many people it would actually kill. I was just guessing. I couldn't humanely know how many people I'd hurt. Maybe no one would get hurt. Probably only a few people. Then humanity would be safe from Mephistopheles. And I'd be free. And it wasn't like I was walking up and stabbing people in the gut with a knife or chopping their heads off. They'd die by coincidence. They just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then I'd be free. I'd only be killing demons and angels. When I was given a rank in his army. Not in this prison. Free. How do I get out of here? The laugh that followed was the cruelest of them all, riddled with victorious overtone. Cracks of light pierced the room, and the devil left with his thousand voices as the door of my cell creaked open. I recognized the looming figure of a fallen angel hovering in the doorframe and slowly crept over, humbled and meek as I'd been conditioned to behave when the door was opened. However, I was not throttled by the neck and dragged out of the cell. Instead, the angel simply waited, perhaps scoffing and gesturing for me to hurry up. My eyes reacted to the firelight by shutting immediately, but the many building sounds forced them back open out of curiosity. All of the doors in the cell block were open. Slowly, horrific abominations of my kin crawled out. The cell across from me had a sickeningly green man, scrawny and literally gutless, stumbling out while cracking and popping one of his many arms back into place. He carried several more and gave me a beastly stare, as though I would steal his limbs. To my left, another creature came, but this person was the opposite. Their gut was almost all I could see, with a monstrous scar of jack-o'-lantern teeth across its width, with orange skin to match. I stumbled back slightly when the stomach licked its lips. On my other side, a tall, muscular, yet nude man was observing the Halloween flock. He appeared human for the most part, but when our eyes met, the cold of a long winter shocked my system. Snorting, he walked past, not paying me any mind as his scales lengthened out into coattails and a top hat. Motioning to the other cambions to follow him, it was just an illusion of leadership. However, once the more primal prisoners stopped trying to kill one another, all of the inmates were rushing down the corridor regardless, on foot, wing, or along the walls. I was stuck towards the back of the horde, with the fallen angel following beside me. A prickling sensation touched my neck, and I looked at the angel, whose smoky face were mere inches from my own. Once the thousand voices settled, it spoke clear English in a raspy tone. I am 
strength is reborn and long last. Do not let this all be, for naught can be on. Swallowing, I nodded, then turned my head away and kept running with the group. I didn't bother asking anything else. This was my shot at freedom, and wasting time with questions would probably make Lucifer shift his favor elsewhere. For all I knew, this could be a competition between us all to see who his champion would be. As I rounded a corner, I could hear the grumbling and howling of fellow Cambions. The spikes on the walls had extended out, creating a fence of rust and stone between us and one of the stairwells. A few Cambions had been pierced while crossing, growling in agony and yelling at others to get them down. Not many helped as a new sound caught everyone's attention. The clambering of claws and feet. We turned to witness an ensemble of guards coming up from behind us. The more ravenous Cambions rushed to the front lines and collided with the demons, while us timid few stayed back looking at each other. And we'll stop here for now. The next episode is just around the corner, mates. Well, listeners, there is nothing quite like a story with excellent dialogue and great world building. Also, just around the corner is a big, well, you're going to have to wait and see. (laughs) I haven't had the opportunity to do something like this for a while, so I can't wait to sink my teeth into it on the next episode. And yes, I'll keep it a surprise. I really enjoy spending more time on the lore of hell, the intentions behind Satan, the perception of God in this world, the motivations of the devil and his minions, as well as the internal conflicts faced in the pits of hell. Some stories shy away from this world-building detail, but not so in this one. I really appreciate Red Nova Tyrant's attention to detail and ambition in creating a world that is both horrific, disgusting, but also a world with purpose and direction. Stay tuned for Wednesday, mates, for the continuation of this story. And as always, till next, we meet.